0: A blessed new year to you all. Thank you for joining us remotely at our virtual worship service at Kenilworth Union Church. You know that our senior associate, uh, the Reverend Dr. Katie Lancaster, is on sabbatical during the months of January and February, and while she's away from us, she's not not working, right? She's working on this beautiful project that she calls Prayer in Uncertain Times. So while Katie's working on that very timely project, uh, Christine Hydes and I are going to Be in solidarity with her by preaching this sermon series about prayer called Help, Thanks, Wow. And so our scripture lesson for this morning is a very familiar one, maybe the most repeated passage in Western literature, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Twenty years ago, in her splendid little book, Traveling Mercies, Anne Lamott says that there are only two really good prayers. Help me, help me, help me, and thank you, thank you, thank you. A few years later, in a more recent book, Anne Lamott added a third great prayer. She says there are three perfect prayers. Help, thanks, wow. Yeah? Anne Lamott subscribes to the KISS principle, keep it simple, Sherlock. And she gets this policy from Jesus of Nazareth, who shared an allegiance to the KISS principle. After months of watching Jesus pray constantly, effortlessly, and casually, Jesus' best friends ask him to teach them how to pray, and Jesus gives them the perfect prayer. And it has just seven parts, have you just heard? Heavenly Father, we will keep your name holy, bring your kingdom to earth, give us enough to eat, forgive us when we screw up, Deliver us from evil, which is just a fancy way of saying, help me, help me, help me, right? And then finally, a concluding doxology. And so today, the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, Father, holy be your name. Now names, as you know, are very important. When I graduated from seminary in 1985, my first call was to a large Presbyterian church of about 2,500 members outside of Philadelphia, And the place was still haunted by the ghost of a former senior pastor who'd been dead for 10 years and hadn't been in that pulpit for 20. He was so fondly remembered and so beloved and almost beatified that his ghost sort of haunted and hobbled the ministry of his successor as senior minister. And this former pastor was so beloved because he could remember your name. Over the years of his ministry, he had probably been introduced to 10,000 people. But if he heard your name once, he remembered it forever. Now, people tell me that he was a very mediocre preacher. They say that Dr. McGill could not convince Mary, the mother of God, that there was anything special about Jesus. But he could remember your name, and that's all that mattered. Names are especially important in the thought world of the Bible. The Bible. They were much more than just labels of identification. They were expressions of the essential nature of the name's bearer. They had an almost mystical or magical power. If you knew the name of something, a person, a god, an enemy, or a thing, it gave you a certain measure of power over it. Paul Paul Tillich says that names are never just empty sounds, but bearers of spiritual power. Names, says Dr. Tillich, give spiritual power to the unseen, yes? Now, in a smaller way, this is still true. In 2012, Hurricane Sandy hammered my old neighborhood in Old Greenwich, Connecticut pretty hard. Normally, my house was two blocks from Long Island Sound, but when Sandy came through at high tide, the sound swelled to within one block of my house. The police came down my street with a bullhorn, ordering us to evacuate to a middle school gymnasium on higher ground, but they wouldn't take my dog, so we stayed put. Not long after Sandy, a New Yorker cartoon showed a man and his wife standing at what is obviously their living room. There's a couch and a television in the background, and they're standing in their living room knee-deep in water. They had clearly ignored the evacuation order in Old Greenwich or Staten Island or the Rockaways. And the man says to his wife, if they want us to take these storms seriously, they're going to have to give them scarier names, right? Why do we name these appalling monster storms after smiling, beloved friends like Katrina, Irene, or Sandy? Maybe if we called them King Kong or Godzilla of Voldemort, we'd start paying attention. And so these names in the Bible are so important. They give us a measure of power over people if we know someone's name. And when Jesus of Nazareth addresses God... And no one was more familiar with God than Jesus of Nazareth. When Jesus of Nazareth addresses God, Jesus calls God Heavenly Father or Holy Father. And those are two words that maybe really shouldn't go together in the same sentence, right? I don't know any other Holy Fathers, do you? Heavenly Father or Holy Father is not exactly an oxymoron, but it is a paradox one of the central paradoxes in 3,000 years of Jewish and Christian theology. We want to say, as Jews and Christians, that God is transcendent and imminent. That is to say, God is distant, as high as the stars, and intimate, as near as the air. There is, on the one hand, something unapproachably remote about God's being. God is invisible and inscrutable and unknowable beyond the realms of space and time, above and beyond the 70 sextillion stars in what might be just one of multiple universes. And yet God is also as intimate as the father or the mother who taught you how to ride a bicycle and then bandaged your knee when you fell off. We can never know God as God is in God's incomprehensible essence. We can never see God's face. The Quran, Islam's holy book, tells a story about Moses. Moses, the story goes, wanted to catch just the briefest glimpse of God's face. But God wasn't sure Moses was ready to see God's face. So God showed God's face instead to a nearby mountain which promptly disintegrated into a cloud of powder and dust. It just fell down flat. And so did Moses because he went completely senseless. He was not ready to see God's face. And we too, we can never see God's face, but we can speak God's name. Jesus said, God is Holy Father. And in that two-word phrase, it's a terse précis of 3,000 years of Jewish and Christian theology. God is holy, transcendent, different, other, far off, set apart. And God is also intimate. Because we could never pledge our liege to a puny God who is unable to deliver us from evil. And likewise, we could never give our lives over to a God who does not see when every sparrow falls. In December, a Time magazine cover declared that 2020 was the worst year ever. So what do you think? What's the verdict? Historians have been having a blast rejecting this simple but provocative thesis. Not even close, they say. The worst year in world history was 1348, when the Black Death carried off 200 million lives. Second place in world history is 1944, the Holocaust. In the United States and U.S. history, 2020 is the eighth worst year ever, after... Let's say 1968 with its riots and assassinations and 1918 with the Spanish flu and 1929 with the stock market crash and the worst year in U.S. history was 1862. It's hard to argue with that. But this unusual, unprecedented year has not been without its benedictions, right? There are a number of things. Let me tell you what I'm grateful for about this year just past. I'm grateful for working from home. One father who saw way too little of his children before the lockdown was working in his home office one day, and his six-year-old daughter was sitting right behind him on a different screen attending first grade virtually with her classmates and he glanced back at her and he noticed that she was sitting there with a pencil in her hand and her little legs dangled from the chair far short of the of the floor and she was so into this task he noticed that she was trying to put numbers in order from least to greatest, and she was so focused, and she was in such intense concentration. He'd never seen the sight of his daughter before, and he noticed for the first time that he had a rather accomplished mathematician in his family. Now, maybe you've had a serendipity like that while working from home. Zoom! I'm grateful for Zoom, as imperfect as it is. You know, this is a relatively recent... Technology it just came out in 2013. What would we have done to conduct our business and schooling and our lives without Zoom before 2013? I'm grateful for the 160 million Americans who voted in 2020. Medical personnel are skilled, caring, unflagging heroes, porch pirates in reverse, teenagers who sneak groceries onto the porches of their vulnerable neighbors, sometimes under cover of night. Maybe we should call them the porch coast guard. Pandemic puppies, including Doogie, who came home with us exactly a year ago Tuesday. How fortunate was that? The millions who peacefully protested violence against black lives the state and local election officials who know that their only boss is the Constitution of the United States of America, Pfizer and Moderna, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. Many things to be thankful for in 2020. You know, someday when the Creator finally calls me home, I'm going to have a lot of questions for her about her management of life here on Earth beneath the stars. A lot of questions. But... We have not been without blessings from our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Wednesday is the Feast of the Epiphany, the celebration of God's earthly appearance to all the nations of the world. And those Magi, remember they were astronomers from the University of Babylon, those Magi, they knew that God is as high as the stars, and so they looked to the night sky to guide them to their sacred destination. But when they got there, they found out that God also is as near as the air. Just a tiny baby with nothing to his name but the rags on his body and the milk in his mother's breast. Praise God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.